Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 f- games this year. Okay? Not 10. DeVito pop pass end zone. Touchdown and the ball game. DeVito in relief wins it for the Orange. They don't know about the Kumbaya meetings we had this week. Swing into this. It is over. The Boston Red Sox, baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. The Bills make me wanna shout. Josh Allen, touchdown Buffalo. A 14-yard quarterback draw. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. And the celebration begins. This is on the block. Right, you know what? There's validity in that opinion. Here's X-Men. We're back on the block. ESPN Radio. Twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. We're here, baby. It's a Tuesday. One day at a time. That's how we're doing this thing. Hope everybody's staying healthy, safe, and sane as best as can be in these crazy days. We will get through this. We'll get through it together. Watch each other's backs. Help uh, particularly our our great local businesses, our our bars and restaurants that need us more than ever. It's uh, National Takeout Tuesday uh, throughout the country. Saw that uh, sweeping the social media today and that's something we're going to be, have to be doing regularly here to, to help our, our bars and our restaurants and our small businesses here in central New York, and many of which are, are great sponsors of this program. Got some takeout today myself from uh, the beginning to Route 290 East in East Syracuse. Got the uh, delicious eggplant parm sandwich, some wings for later on. Fantastic stuff, man. So please, 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 Takeout Tuesday, make it a thing. Pick your a favorite local bar or restaurant in town that's doing the takeout and, and support them because uh, we got to help carry them through this. They've helped us out a lot through the day. You know, you ever have a local restaurant that, you know, supported your kid's little league team or, you know, supported you in some way, shape or form, right? It's our time to give back to them and really help them through this. And just one of the things that we're helping each other out with through here in central New York. And it kind of brings to mind something that, is on this date, right? So here we are in this world of a lot of things in the content world that we're kind of leaning on with not a steady stream of sports news or sports to watch at this point. So different things come to mind. And we talked to Scott Wedgwood last hour from the Syracuse Crunch about these virtual games that they're playing and how fans can be part of it and watch it. And that's cool. It kind of gives you a fix. It's a different way to watch hockey and be a part of a live sporting event here in the digital age. And it's been incredible to see how connected we are. Like the, the, the bright side of the world shutting down and there's not a lot of them, right? But we can still do online learning. We can do online meetings. We're discovering how many darn meetings could have been emails. If anything to come out of this, right? I'll take more emails in my inbox than dopey, meaningless meetings, right? Please carry that over with you. Whatever line of work you're in to the post-COVID-19 world that we are going to enter, hopefully sooner rather than later. Before you call a meeting, can this be an email? Very important, right? But to see my wife's a teacher and she's teaching online, my daughter's learning online and Zoom and Skype and all these things. You know, grandpa's not the most technically sound person in the world, but that's the blessing and, and the, 
what the world had to do to get through this and what we're doing here in central New York to get through this is how technology can connect us and we're putting it to good use, right? But one of the things we're really leaning on is this day in history and history of sports itself. Like last night, MLB Network was re-showing Ken Burns baseball. Now, on any given night this time of the year, I wouldn't stop on that. Because there's so many games on. There would be hockey games coming down the stretch, getting ready for the playoffs. NBA games coming down the stretch, getting ready for the playoffs. We'd be kind of gearing up for the Sweet 16. I saw a Mel Kuyper Jr. mock draft today. We're a month away from the NFL draft, which is going to go on as scheduled. A scaled-down draft, certainly. It's going to be like those old-school drafts you saw from like the 1980s. Bring back the helmet phones. Call it on. Call it in, baby. On the helmet phone. We're going old school with so many things in sports now. Let's let's bring that back, right? But there's a lot of things I normally wouldn't stop and watch and appreciate, and that's been kind of the blessing in disguise about how we have to take a breath on certain things, have conversations with people. How many more people are having family dinners again? Whereas before, your lives were too scattered, too busy, all over the place, got to bring the kids here, there, everywhere, pick them up at this practice, bring them there. And you barely have time to breathe. Now we're all cooped up together. Not a lot of places we can go, but the positives that will come out of that, the stories that you can tell your kids about the sporting events that you watch that maybe they didn't see and appreciate. Maybe they were watching, you know, Christian Leitner hit the shot or some of these things that are now prevalent. They're front and center because this is what we're doing to fill that sports void. So that brings us to today. Now that, there are a number of significant this day in history's anniversaries on this date that are pretty cool. And they're not all sports, by the way. There's a couple pop culture ones that I want to throw in there because I know of kind of the audience listening to the show, certainly people of a particular generation, that all I have to do is play the clip I'm going to play you, and you're going to know exactly what it is, and it's going to take you back to a time you're like, wow, that was today, right? But the most significant anniversary for a Syracuse Sports fan today. As we say this, by the way, on the 150th anniversary officially of Syracuse University. Happy anniversary, SU. Kind of weird times right now with everybody scattered all over the world and learning online and campus being shut down. We learned that they're not going to have an in-person commencement this year. They're going to figure out, can you do commencement on Zoom? I'm not sure about that, but... Today is the 150th anniversary of the school, which is incredible to think about. I saw that Mike Tirico is going to do, I think, a live Instagram thing on the uh, one of SU's Instagram accounts tonight. So happy anniversary, SU, today. That's a significant date. From a sports perspective, all I got to do is play this. You go. Don't lose our coach right at the end there. Yeah, Al McGuire doing his dance and he almost toppled over. Look, every Final Four run and the dates just ring in your head, right? If you're a Syracuse fan. But every Final Four run has its own special story. 75 being the first one and Jimmy Lee and Rudy Hackett in that squad and Roy Danforth's last stand before Jim Beheim takes over as head coach and going to San Diego and so uh, you got to, uh, you know, no offense out there, but uh, some some of the older generation listening remembers that vividly. I wasn't born yet. I was born in 1978, so I've only heard stories about that and watched the highlights and thought to the participants of it and 
gotten their perspective on it, right? 87, I'm nine years old in 87. That's when I'm really starting to appreciate sports more for what they are versus just like, hey, it's pretty cool. I get to go to games because my dad buys me popcorn, right? Oh, look, there's Otto. No, like I started to understand what sports were, and that's when I learned my first true heartache as a sports fan, right? Keith Smart. Sorry to invoke the the name. It's like Voldemort. You're not supposed to say it, but that was its own special time and its own special run, and no matter how much time passes, you go right back to that moment. 2003, 2013, all the Final Four runs, all the great memories of this time of the year, what we're supposed to be immersed in, March Madness, the NCAA tournament, stand out, but that one that I just played, 1996. Personally, I don't know where it falls on your list and where you were and what you were doing, but man, I was a senior in high school when that happened. And I remember it like it was yesterday. The games, the excitement, the buildup. I just remember like a lot of little things. Like my friend Michelle. Shout out to Michelle Staggerwald, who now has a different married last name. But we're going to go with what she was back in the day. She had a huge crush on Jason Sapola, right? And I just remember we went. We, <laughs> I can admit this now. Statute of limitations is up. So we skipped school to go to the airport when the team came back from the airport. And I faked getting an autograph for Michelle from Jason Sapola, right? It's just like little things like that. And every house, when you drove around town, had that Cuse is in the house poster that was in the newspaper in their window. Like every darn house had it. You couldn't go five feet without people singing that song. And then they see this is the day they beat Kansas. This is the day that game happened. This is the day Al McGuire is doing his thing. Right? John Wallace gets his number retired a month ago, if you can believe that. It's been almost a month since that North Carolina game. That's what that's his legacy. That's what you will instantly remember, and you'll be taken back to that time. And if you're somebody that wasn't around then, you're going to hear stories today, probably by seeing it in the newspaper, maybe hearing me discuss it on the radio, that that was today, man, 1996. Oh, gather around, kids. Let me tell you about 1996 and that Cuse in the house run and, you know, my daughter – when I do these things, she kind of rolls her eyes. But then by the end of it, she's she kind of sees what it means to dad and she kind of, you know, smiles. And it's cool to share those stories, right? So that's the blessing we have right now without sports. Trust me, I prefer to have sports. <laughs> but if this is how we're going to get through it, by taking a little bit more of a pause, of appreciating history more, when these things come up, Having the time to pull up the YouTube clip, to remember, to reflect, as opposed to like, oh, that's cool, and you move on to the next thing. We're going through the Ferris Bueller advice day by day here. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you might miss it. And we're in some challenging times, and I brought this up earlier in the show, and it bears repeating because we're back on the topic here, but... The other thing about the, you know, what we've been seeing lately with this day in history, and particularly today when you remember a Final Four run, and I've said it on the show before and I'll say it again, nothing brings this community together 
more than when that basketball team is in the Final Four. There is a collective buzz and an excitement and a sense of community and things that I just brought up, you know, putting the posters in the windows and everybody's wearing their Syracuse gear and we put our differences aside and it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, what your nationality is. We're all Syracuse fans when that happens, right? And the whole town just comes together. Well, we've got to invoke that Final Four spirit now because we got each other out. All those things that apply when a sports team is at its peak. They apply right now. Doesn't matter your socioeconomic background. It doesn't matter your race. It doesn't matter your status in life, right? We're all suffering in some way, certainly some more than others. We've got to watch each other's backs and help each other even more. What does that mean? Well, there's just many opportunities there. Volunteering, and I know it's tough to, you know what gutted me yesterday, and I don't want to be a downer, but reading that 285 rescue mission workers got laid off. I mean, here, the people, the rescue mission, the best of us trying to help those in life that need it the most, and even they have to lay people off right now. So what we've got to do is take that Final Four spirit, remember that. So when you see that, this day in history, oh, the Cuse is in the house, and you remember that feeling of the sense of community that comes together when this team makes a Final Four run. Capture that feeling, put it in a bottle, and now turn it around, and you ask yourself, how can I help? How can I help? And if you need help, How do you reach out and do that? That's what I thought of today. Not only, hey, how cool was that and it's fun to remember. That's that's all well and good. But we need some Final Four spirit in this town. Right here, right now. So I hope we do that. That's just one thing this day in history. There's more. I want to take a break and there's a couple things pop culture-wise that I think a lot of us listening can relate to and will will smile knowing that this is the day that I'm going to put it this way. One of them started and there was there was a detention. That's your clue. You may have already gotten it with that clue. So we'll discuss that coming up. We'll go on the blind side. 437-7644. If you want to jump on board, you're on the block ESPN radio and twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Welcome back. You're on the block ESPN radio. Great to have you here. Happy Tuesday, everybody. On the Blocks, presented by our friends at Jack Daniels Tennessee Apple, the newest arrival to the Jack Daniels family. Highly versatile, deliciously smooth, refreshing, and seasonable, Jack Apple combines our proprietary crisp green apple liqueur with the unique and unmistakable character of Jack Daniels. It's an apple-flavored whiskey that only Jack Daniels can deliver. Easily enjoyed at home in a refreshing cocktail as a chilled shot shared amongst friends or sipped slowly on the rocks. Jack Daniels. Tennessee Apple. Uh, some of you have been asking me about this. Yep. Still haven't had a drop. Gave up uh, alcohol for Lent. 
still haven't had a drop. Even through all the coronavirus stress and life changing and craziness of the past couple of weeks, Daddy's looking forward to Easter Sunday. Tell you that much. But I uh, haven't had my red wine with dinner. Been making some Italian dinners lately. It's tough not to have a little little vino with the spaghetti. But we're getting through it. We're doing okay. Still make it. So Jack Daniels Tennessee Apple got a bottle uh, ready for you on Easter Sunday, baby. Liquor store is still essential. Essential businesses. Smart move, Governor Cuomo. Very smart. So on this day in history, a lot happened. 150th anniversary of Syracuse University. The Cuse is in the house. But there were just to have a little off sports fun a little bit here because I'm a huge fan of both of these things, and I think a lot of you listening certainly are too. The first one I want to bring up is a television show that debuted 15 years ago today. And I'm going to play you my favorite clip from that show, and you're going to know exactly what it is if you've seen it. And if you haven't, boy, is this the perfect time to catch up on it. Prison sounds horrible. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, Andy. Thanks. Prison Mike, what's the very, very worst thing about prison? Don't encourage him, Dwight. The worst thing about prison was the, was the Dementors. They were flying all over the place, and they were scary, and then they'd come down, and they sucked the soul out of your body, and it hoit! Dementors like in Harry Potter? No, not Harry Potter. You know exactly what that is. And if you have not seen The Office, start tonight. Get on Netflix or wherever you can get it. Start tonight. You'll thank me later. I am so late to the game when it comes to Parks and Rec, which is the same people that did this show. Parks and Rec is better than The Office, and I'm not even done with it yet, number one. And number two, it's just amazing. But let's not crap on the office here, like Goldberg, when he cares, oh, overrated. So I started a Twitter top six today, which I might incorporate with the show. I mean, we got the voice guy here. Number six. Right? So I started a Twitter top six today. I'm going to pick different topics every day on Twitter, and just as simple as that, do a top six, right? And get some conversation going, get people's minds off of things that are happening out there that they're also reading about on Twitter. Oh, here's something fun and something that will ease your mind, hopefully, for a little bit through this, which we try to do generally on the show and other places, but just an, another fun idea to do that. Today being the 15th anniversary of The Office, having to pick my favorite clip from The Office, not easy. I could do a whole show on it. Um, the Twitter top six, I mean, I could read it to you. You could check it out on Brent Axe Media on Twitter, but... Creed, it's Halloween. That's really, really good timing, right? <laughs> Michael Scott, I mean, all the, I couldn't pick a that's what she said because they're just all amazing. If I had to go with one that's what she said, it would be from the finale, the, the wedding, when Dwight and Angela got married. Michael, you came. <gasps> that's what she said. I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. I could do this all day. I'm just not going to read you quotes. It's not good radio, but uh, that's today. 15 years ago today. Seems longer than that in some ways, but the office has had such a revival that I thought that was significant. Here's another big one, too. From This skews a little bit of a, to my generation, and I'm on the back end of Generation X, but to the Generation Xers out there, March 24th, 1984. 
a jock, a princess, a criminal, a basket case, and a nerd all gathered for detention. Dear Mr. Vernon, we accept the fact that we had to sacrifice a whole Saturday in detention for whatever it was we did wrong. But we think you're crazy to make us write an essay telling you who we think we are. And you see us as you want to see us. In the simplest terms, with the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each one of us is a brain. And an athlete. And a basket case. A princess. And a criminal. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours, The Breakfast Club. There you go. Great movie. One of the most rewatchable movies of all time. It's a stop what you're doing. Gotta watch it when it's on movie. Killer soundtrack. I mean, that song kind of takes over the whole thing, but one of the best 80s soundtracks as well. I mean, the Brat Pack, that's the, that's the gold standard. That's the movie right there. You watch that movie, you try and figure out which one you are when you start watching the movie, and then maybe who you are by the end of the movie. The quotes, as Barry Manilow know, you raid his wardrobe. He gets up. We all get up. It'll be anarchy. <laughs> right? Bender's got all the great quotes from that movie. Like pretty much every one of them. But that was not when the movie came out. This is the day that they went to detention. March 24th, 1984. So there you go. Just a couple of different things. A little off the sports page. But as I've been saying, as we've been leaning a little bit more on nostalgia and history these days, some days are more significant than others. In that category. And when I saw, okay, so we got 150th anniversary of Syracuse University. Cuse's in the house started today when they beat Kansas and got to the Final Four. The office debuts today and the Breakfast Club met on this date 36 years ago. Wow, I just said that. 36 freaking years ago! Right? But all these things take you to a different time and a different place and, and mark where you were in the world, if you were even in the world at that time, and they uh, and they take us away from a part of the world when uh, COVID-19 existed, right? So that's the other reason we're leaning so heavily on these things, because it's an escape. It takes us away from where we are now. I wanted to transition a little bit to something that makes me feel normal and makes you as a sports fan feel normal and something we'd be talking about anyway right now because about a month from now is the NFL draft. And that's going on as scheduled. It's going to be a scaled-down version of what it would be. It was supposed to be. Think of the draft last year. Think of Nashville. Half a million people in the streets. The whole city just basically came out and partied for the draft. Now think about that in the coronavirus era and how we're kind of rethinking social distancing and all this, and hopefully we can get back to a place where we're comfortable being in crowds like that, but people's mind frames are changing right now. There's going to be things, like when we say get back to normal, that's that's real talk. That's not going to happen, right? Like whatever the normal is when we come out of this, because we are going to come out of this, it's going to be different. 9-11 changed the world, and we never went back to normal we never went back to September 10th, 2011 standards, right? And different generations. The world was never the same after Kennedy was shot. The world was never the same after World War II, right? I mean, collective things about community and, and helping and the adversity that we overcome in those situations, that's the same. Every generation's had 
the challenges that they have to overcome. And what we're starting to find here is that this is going to be the, a defi- This is certainly my daughter's at 13 years old. This is probably going to be what she looks back on as the, the significant defining event of her life. Right. And I could be wrong there at the rate we're going in the world. But think of there's like that one thing that marks a generation, World War Two, Vietnam, you know, Reagan in the 80s. We can go through them. It depends on how old you are, what generation you come through. Right. But this has reached that status. That's how big this thing is and how it's affected the world and how it's going to change how we live our lives going forward. Hopefully for the better, once we kind of figure this thing out and, and how to handle a pandemic better. And, you know, there's a lot of big weighty life questions that I'm not prepared to answer at this point, but we're all trying to get through it together. So how does that bring me to Mel Kuyper Jr.? (laughs) How about that for a transition? No, it brings me to Mel Kuyper Jr. Because with the sports world on pause, like we've never seen before, what I like is there are certain things that are just holding the line that make me feel normal. Like, yes, I would be talking about this anyway. Like yesterday we were discussing Elijah Hughes and his NBA decision. And while the NBA draft process is completely thrown out of whack, that's a normal conversation. You know what else is a normal conversation this time of year? The draft. Really starting to ramp up for the draft, getting ready for the draft a month away. So Kuiper, and I'm not going to go through the whole thing here, came out with his third mock draft today. What could affect the draft more than anything is a simple video that Tua put out. Because I think the questions about Tua and his health and his hip, and not only that, he's had a couple of significant injuries the past couple of years. One little video, did you see the shuttle drill video he put out the other day? His mobility's looking okay. I think a lot of the questions people are having, doctors say he's clear, he's back to as normal health as somebody could be at this point. So we went from... Joe Burrow, no doubt about it, number one pick, not even a question, and he's still number one on Kuiper's draft today, to the more questions we get answered about Tua, would it really floor you if Cincinnati picked him over Burrow? Right? That's what happens with the draft. The mock draft's going to overdrive after the national championship game. Joe Burrow was lights out in that game. Ran a lot more in that game against Clemson than we remember. Brent Venables dialed up, you know, LSU lit it up, but they made Burrow improvise, run the ball more. I don't think that Clemson was quite anticipating how much he was going to do that. But out of that game, we all said game, set, match. He's the number one pick. Ohio kid, Cincinnati's got to take him. Prototype NFL top pick quarterback. Like, just... It's over. And at that time, Tua's injury, we were still in the unknown. Kind of like we're in the unknown with coronavirus. Now, when's it going to be? You know, when's the curve going to flatten? When are we going to get a vaccine for this thing? Like all these questions we don't have answers to right now. We're just kind of sheltering in place and doing the social distancing thing. And people are looking for answers. They want something definitive. With Tua, we're starting to get that. Starting to get like, wait a minute. If you're a team that needs a quarterback, Cincinnati at one and Miami at five, or a team that wants to move up and take a quarterback, 
Like if you're the Chargers, do you really want to wait there at six and hope you get your guy or have to go with, you know, he's got Justin Herbert from Oregon going to the Chargers. But if I'm the New England Patriots, do I swing a move and move up? If I'm a team in this draft that needs a quarterback and I'm in the teens or the 20s and I don't want to sit around and wait, what kind of draft picks do you have? Like the Dolphins have, what, three first-round picks? Tons of draft picks. Atlanta's got a couple of picks early. Who's going to wheel and deal? Who's going to move up? And who's going to take two of maybe even higher than five? Because right now, Kuyper's got Burrow at one. Chase Young seems to be a lock to the Redskins at two. They are the Redskins, but I don't even think they can screw this up. Because they've got Haskins. They're probably going to bring in... I mean, that's a perfect spot for Jameis Winston. Washington or Pittsburgh are perfect spots for Winston. So I think they're going to go that route as opposed to drafting a quarterback again. Detroit at three. Matt, Patricia, I wish you luck. Like, they're probably going to go defense. Kuyper's got uh, Jeff Akuda, the corner uh, cornerback, pardon me, from Ohio State there. Goldberg's Giants in this slot. He's got Isaiah Simmons, the linebacker from Clemson, going. But I don't think they're going to stay there. Right? Like, I don't think Gettleman's got a history of, of making that trade, but they're certainly open for business and should be willing to trade down. But if they stay there, they probably go defense. And then Miami takes two at five, right? But these things never hold the line like they do because you got two at five to Miami. You've got the Chargers, at least in this mock, and a lot of people have this pick, Justin Herbert. Now, the Chargers just said that Tyrod Taylor is their week one starter. That's smart. Let Tyrod, poor Tyrod Taylor is always the placeholder until somebody comes along and boots him out of the job. But if you're the Chargers, you just lost Phillip Rivers to the Colts, perfect placeholder. Tyrod Taylor is a good quarterback, led the Bills' first playoff charge a couple years back. Like, he's a fine NFL quarterback. He's not great, not bad, he's fine. Middle of the road, get the job done kind of guy until your rookie's ready. You don't always have that luxury these days of drafting a quarterback, sitting him for you. Remember, Patrick Mahomes sat behind Alex Smith for a full season. And that was enough, right? Now, you don't get that luxury. It's draft him and play him. If anything, you're sitting for like five. Josh Allen sat for like four games before the Bills put him in. Darnold was in there pretty much right away, right? You're thrown into the fire. But this is not going to hold. There's going to be trades because if Tua is healthier than people think, Miami would be crushed if they couldn't get him, but they might have to move up. The Chicago Bears made a fatal error here, but they were so in on their quarterback a couple of years ago, they moved up one spot. And it was for Mitchell Trubisky, which, good luck with that. That's why Nick Foles is now in Chicago, but one spot to get their guy. So, seeing Kuyper's draft today, first of all, we know the picks, uh, the accuracy of these mock drafts never holds, but the order of this draft is going to change. There's going to be moves. How close to the draft they are. and The NFL, the trouble they're having right now, we're going to get to a break and go on the blind side next, but the trouble they're having with free agency, and I'm wondering how this is going to work with the draft, is getting medical clearance. Like they have to, Tom Brady signs with Tampa Bay. He had to go to his own doctor in New York City. 
it's not the team doctors that are evaluating these guys and giving them the all clear to sign these contracts. They're, you're kind of taking a big risk leaning on other means to get these guys cleared medically. What's gonna, what are we going to be in a month when these all these guys get drafted? Are they going to be allowed to travel to these teams, meet with their coaching staffs? I saw a really interesting article about if you're an embedded coaching staff, think of the advantage you have because if you're a new coaching staff in the NFL this year, you can't meet with your players on, unless it's Skype or some kind of video thing. You can't have maybe off-season workouts are not going to be allowed. Like The embedded quarterbacks and coaching staffs that know the system, know what they're doing, think of the Buffalo Bills are just adding players that are like so close to breaking through. They're going to have a huge advantage, huge to start the season because the offseason got so thrown out of whack. That felt good. i got to get to a break. But that felt good seeing Mel Kuyper Jr.'s mock draft. It's like, oh, this isn't just some made-up thing to fill space. Like That's a thing that's going to happen a month from now. And boy, am I going to need it. And boy, I think you're going to need it as a sports fan when it comes. Stay right there.